Welcome to the Augusta Sports Report, hosted by Chad Cook. For more information on what we talked about today, visit AugustaSportsReport.com. Welcome to episode six of the Augusta Sports Report. I'm Chad Cook. Today we're flipping the format and going straight to our guest at the beginning. Our guest is Dip Mitris, longtime coach of Augusta University men's basketball. He needs no introduction. We talk about his team every week on the show. We lead off with it in most cases. Um, I always call it the best basketball in town. Uh, Dip, thank you for joining us today. Appreciate you having me and uh Hopefully we keep gaining supporters with our program. Yes, now that and that it's well worth the support. The team is nine and zero, ranked number eight in Division Two in the national rankings. Been climbing the rankings ever since the first edition this season. I think we were sixteen in the first edition. Um, so you know, before we start talking about the team, we're going to talk about the start, the coming Peach Belt Conference play. We're going to talk about the incredible um, you know performance so far, whether it be point differential field goal percentage, opponents' field goal percentage, um, individual players and their statistics. There's a ton to talk about this current team. But before we do that, Dip, for anybody who's watching who doesn't know your story, let's get into that. Um, You know, my knowledge of your story starts as a Belmont Abbey basketball player, but let's have you start where you want to start and and, and educate um, everybody about your background. That goes back quite a few years. So in 1984, I played in the beach ball classic in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina uh, for W.T. Woodson, probably the second or third year of the beach ball classic and uh, played very well. And Coach Bryant was the assistant coach at Clemson and uh, he had went to Belmont Abbey. So he called the coach at Belmont Abbey, Eddie Payne, to come see me. Fast forward that, I played there for four years, uh, had a successful career. At the end of my career, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Let's try this college coaching thing. So I started out at Newberry College, making $1,500 for the year, $137.50 a month after taxes. Uh, I remember that check. And uh, just started this venture into coaching, was there at Newberry, and and came worked at Augusta for uh, six years and got the opportunity to go to Hampton University in the Tidewater for a year in their first year of Division I basketball. And I was there for a year, then the Belmont Ivy job opened up and took the job at 29 years old, and people called it professional suicide. We weren't any good then. The program was kind of a mess, uh, but was there for eight years. And then when the Augusta job opened up, came back this way because I felt we could sustain success a little bit better at Augusta due to the facility in the town. And uh, I'm very fortunate. I think it's year 26 as a head coach. And uh, it's been a wild, wild venture. You know, it's, it's an enjoyable thing. I get, I love what I do. And uh, you know, it's, it's just something special to be able to call, be a college basketball coach. Greater than 500 wins. Last year when you were approaching that mark, I remember um, very few uh, very few coaches, um, active or otherwise, had reached that milestone. And the ones that had, almost to a number, um, had been coaching a lot longer than you. And um, so, you know, in every way you you slice it, it's an incredible accomplishment, the, the consistent winning over time. So they call that... Uh, career suicide when you're 29 yeah. 29 head coaching uh, that's that, yeah. that's something yeah it was very unusual i was 29 years old got the opportunity uh you know at a place i went to school and i really didn't know what i was doing to be honest with you i just knew that you better recruit uh, i wasn't as good as coach because i didn't have experience and uh i've always as my years progress i've looked at coaches that have had longevity you know not to compare myself to the high guys at higher level, but if you've been doing this a long time, you're doing something right. You do some things wrong on occasion, but you're doing something right on a daily basis. And 
I'll throw back an old name, John Cheney at Temple. You know, he was a kind of a gruffy guy, a Philadelphia guy. Was at Cheney and then went to Temple and just kind of stayed at Temple. And I wasn't a guy looking to move around a lot in my career uh, just because I want to coach. And yeah. when you coach, you just want to coach a better player than you coached the year before. Yeah. So I was at Belmont Abbey. We were able to get some good players, but we weren't able to get really good ones every year. We had to develop them. So I came to Augusta because of, of the situation. I felt like I coach a higher level player and been very, very fortunate enough to coach some really good players. And, and uh, you know, come, my brother's a great high school coach. Uh, he's still doing it. He won last night. He's 3-0 and with a, a makeshift team. And uh, so I, I enjoy what I do. And it's fun. It's fun. It's not easy, but it's fun. And, and like I said, it's a really hard profession to stay in. I look back to the years. Last night when I went recruiting, a guy, Montevallo, was supposed to meet me in the game, and he didn't. He coached against me at Belmont Abbey. The athletic director of Georgia Southwestern was there who coached against me at Belmont Abbey. You know, Robert Moore from Columbus couldn't make it over. Robert, I remember. So there's, you know, as you get older, you look, start looking around. There's not many of us that are still doing what we do. Yeah, you know, in, in your for, while you were taking us through that, you know, you mentioned Coach Bryant saw you at the Beach Ball Classic. That's Clint Bryant, the athletic director. Yes. You're um, the head coach while you were the assistant coach um, at Augusta College at the time. Um, and then you say Eddie Payne, uh, he, he told Eddie Payne to recruit you. He's a longtime, uh, you know, South Carolina and many other division one teams. And, and then, uh, guys like Kevin Eastman and Greg Marshall yep. are contacts from the old Belmont Abbey days. Yep. Um, you know, t the, the relationships, uh, your Rolodex. Yeah, must be it's pretty all relationships. I mean, it, to say it's, it's all relationships. So last night at the junior college game I was at, the guy coaching a team lived with Robbie 20 years ago in junior college. So here I am at a junior college game in Georgia texting Robbie in Australia or WhatsApping him. I, this stuff has changed so much during the year. I remember when I was at Belmont Abbey toward the end of my career that somebody printed something off the internet and brought it on their visit. I was like, wow, what is this? You know, <laughs> so I mean, it has changed so, so much. But when it gets down to it, really, it's still you got to get good kids who love to play the game of basketball. And, you know, I'm not the easiest guy in the world to play for. And there were times in practice I'll walk by a player and I'll say, is it that hard? And, and Darren Lucas White says, if you like basketball, it really isn't that hard, but you've got to like what you do. And, and uh, you know, it's challenging at times, but like I said, I've been very fortunate to coach a lot of great, great players. You mentioned Robbie, your former assistant. He was with you during, you know, a run that uh, people still talk about today, a run that um, I think you'll still uh, reproduce one day. Um, let's talk real quick before we get into the current Jags about that, uh, you know, it was roughly 2007 to 2011. Tell us about the the, the, yeah. the, the journey you yeah, went through. Yeah, I'll go back. So I got my, the job, whatever, 17 years ago, we had three returning players, uh, Jason Mills, Clarence Brown, and Dean Brebner. And uh, I said, whoa. What, do I, what am I getting myself into? And uh, we signed eight guys and took some guys that nobody really wanted. And Garrett Siler developed and A.J. Bowman developed. And so year three, we host a regional tournament. We lose in the semifinals to Wingate. Uh, and then the next year, we win the regionals and we go on. And we were very lucky to have a succession of players. You know, Ben Madgen was told to me about a former player of mine at Belmont Abbey. He said, hey, I got a, a, a mate that's a good player wants to come over, you know, so it is so much about relationships and uh, we're very fortunate to have a great run during that time. And uh, it's very hard to sustain it, seven footers. Don't grow on trees. AJ Bowman don't develop all the time. You know, Ben Madgen's come along. It's, it's, you know, Fred Brathwaite, Alex. I mean, I've had a lot of Daniel Dixon. So I've just been very fortunate. I've coached a lot of great players and uh, the ability to sustain success. One of the things I always joke, you get to a point during the season, if you have 
28 regular season games. At game 15, if you if you won game 15, you have a winning season, okay? And people don't, wow, you always have a winning season. No, you're not, okay? So I, I got this from Gazaga, Mark You're Fuel. pretty close, though. Yeah, we've had a year. Elizabeth will say is when she was born, okay, when my daughter was born. So my first year as head coach, we did not have a winning season. Ever since then, we have a winning season. And it's hard Every to get year, to 15 games. Uh, goodness, great. 26 years. So that'd be 24 straight years of winning season. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. so or uh, 23, whatever the number is. So you get to that point. And I'll text Jamie, I'll text Jay Newberry, I'll text Robbie, I'll text Gannon Baker. Hey, man, we got another winning season. So yeah. that's really, really hard to do. You go from winning season, you can't get to a championship until you have a winning season. I mean, you know, so it's hard to get to 15 and 13 every year. So, But like I said, great players and, and great assistants. So, you know, you said we had some success. Um, that, that group went um, all the way to the Division II National Championship game one year. And then the next year it went to the Final Four. And then the next year it went to the Elite Eight. And the next year it went to the Sweet 16. Those are all incredible accomplishments. Um, we look at you know, if we fast forward a little bit, we yep. look we look at the team now. Um, two years ago, Peach Belt Championship in the um, I guess it might have been three years ago yep. by now, 2018, 19, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Peach Belt Championship in the regular season and the in the tournament. It was a great team. I look at this team and I can't help but think about that team because some of the players are similar. Yep. Uh, Darren Lucas White, Tyree Myers, Troy Cracknell, Miguel Arnold were all on that team yep. as freshmen, and then Troy being a sophomore on that team. They're all still with us. We add Tyshawn Crawford. We add guys like Jacquez Kirby and David Vitti and John Whitehead and Timmy Sellers and, and, and many others. Um, you know, the team's 9-0. and It's winning um, by a 27-point differential so far. We're not in conference play yet. Shooting 52% from the field, 43% from three. The opponents are shooting 36 and 29%. Um, how do you feel about the current Jaguars? Yeah, we are a good team. I felt that in the preseason. I go, you know, we have a chance to be good. And uh, you got to keep developing depth. you got to keep developing uh, the whole team. And like ironically, you said, those four guys you mentioned that played at Queens and lost at Queens in the game to go to lead eight. We're on the same bus when we got our NCAA tournament canceled at Lincoln yes. Moore. We're literally pulling up to our hotel. So they know what winning's about. All four of them, if we didn't have them, we don't win the first game against Aiken and come back or, or Francis Marion. Or I think it was Francis oh, Marion. Yeah. yeah. So all four of those guys have played integral parts of this. And then you bring in other guys and Tyson's developed tremendously through the years. You know, Tyson hadn't played in the NCAA tournament because he was on the bus when it got canceled, you know, so, uh, you know, it, it's, you have to have continuity in your program. You look at our women's volleyball team had a great run this year because there was continuity in your program. And if she added some pieces to add to it, you know, in the, in the year of everybody wants to talk about transfer portals and all this stuff, it's important, but you've got to have a core group of guys. And, uh, we been very, very fortunate to have a core group of guys. Troy's been here five years. Miguel's been here five years. Uh, Darren and Tyree have been here four years. So, uh, and this is, Year three for Tyshawn. Yeah. And you know, throw in the COVID thing where guys are getting years back. And some guys we have will be here for six years, you know. So, uh, you know, it is, you got to have continuity in your program because there's always a game during the year. That year we, we lost to Queens Elite Eight. We were playing at Flagler, and Flagler wasn't as good as they were now. And we weren't winning, we weren't playing well. I just remember turning to my assistant. I said, All I know is Aaron, Tyvez, and Dean are going to stay on the floor because they're playing hard and everybody else. And those three just carried us in the game. I don't know who else played with them. The three Pe seniors yep. on that Peach Belt Championship yep. squad. Just, they were going to will us to a win. And, and Aaron was a sub at that time. And uh, But in that game, they knew, like, hey, we have to win this game to win the league. you know. And that's where you miss it if you don't have continuity in your program. 
So continuity um, makes me think of, um, you know, of the upcoming games. We've got Columbus coming up, the Peach Belt Conference opener on the road Monday next week at 3.30. And then uh, is it New Year's Eve when you go to Emmanuel? Yeah, so and then Emmanuel, your last non-conference opponent. And so continuity, you know, three years ago, you won the Peach Belt Championship with, like you said, Tyvez Monroe, Aaron... uh, Oh, goodness. Aaron Bird and uh, Dean Williams as senior leaders and all these other guys we're talking about as basically freshmen, uh, Troy being a Troy Cracknell being a sophomore. And so they they have that success. They come back the next year as what seemed to be veterans, but they're most of them are really sophomores. And um, Troy's starting for the first time. And Tyshawn is has transferred from Georgia Southern where he didn't get much playing time. So a real young group in hindsight and Emmanuel, you know, uh, education day, yep. they bank in a three-pointer oh, yeah. to beat us at the buzzer. We go to Columbus. Um, it was one of the few games, I, I, you know, I hate to miss games. I was at the Hawks game, and we're watching um, you on my phone. My kids and I are watching you on my phone while the Hawks are, are playing, and, um, and and we're up five with 12 seconds to go in the left-handed guy. Oh, yeah, Preston, that's right. That was the same year. You're right, threw Pre- one in. I forgot about Pre- that. Preston yeah. makes two threes in the last 12 seconds to beat us. And at that point, if I'm not mistaken, we were three three and three in conference play. And I think that was the point where you didn't lose again until uh, kind of a fluke, not a fluke loss, but an upset loss in the, in the conference tournament. So, so you you won something like 10 straight. Um, But again, those guys, they were young then. Yep. Now we take to the road with those guys being two years older, Tyshawn being a veteran now. Um, how, how do you look at this uh, road trip? Well, ironically, Columbus is very good this year because they have everybody back off last year's team. You know, and COVID destroyed everybody's program, and they added a transfer from France Mary. He's a very good player. So Preston, he remembers making that shot against us just as much as we remember him throwing it in. You know, last year when we played at Lander, Dion threw one in off you know, his back foot and went in. It's going to happen in college basketball. But you you hope your returning players know, hey, like, that possession hurts you, but it's the possessions before, you know. And uh, if I remember correctly, in a manual game, like Darren missed a free throw to kind of put us up. And and he remembers yeah, that. He right. missed one last year against Flight. Like, so they remember it. And when they're put in that situation the next time, they seem to thrive better. And Ironically, we were playing, preparing for Payne. I said, I remember playing Payne down at Payne, these guys freshman year. Close game. Right. And I looked and Tyree made the winning layup. Yeah. You know, I, I also told me also had the turnover the possession before, but he made the winning layup in that game. And Troy made uh Troy played so played well. Darren played well. Miguel made three threes. Well, they were the role players and now they're the kind of the go-to guys. So it's you know, during that game, because Payne played phenomenal, Miguel said, we knew they were going to give us their best shot. Yeah. I mean, we knew it. We, we, you know, so uh, but that's that's the value of having returning players. And, and and then getting guys better. They have to get better in their career. And it's a lot, all of them have, no question. Yeah, so to update viewers who haven't been following closely, that Payne, Payne was the most recent game. We won 84-63. to 63. In so many ways, it was the most we've been challenged in yeah. a long time. Yeah, and we did not shoot it well, and we've been shooting the ball, as you alluded, at an unbelievable yeah. clip. Uh, you know, I was getting mad, but after watching a look at the tape, I'm like, okay, these are shots that Troy and Miguel almost always make. And, uh, you know, you get a little three-point happy a little bit. And uh, But no, I mean, it, it, we know that Columbus and Emmanuel and whoever else we got coming up is going to be a bigger challenge. But we've we've practiced the right way and uh, we've you know had a great practice yesterday. I hope we have another good one today.
The thing is, you know, you watch, uh, you know, from a viewer's point of view, you get used to, you know, we beat Allen by 87 points. We, uh, we be, you know, we, we beat uh, Coastal Georgia 83 to 56. So I think that's 27. And, and you go against Payne and, and it's, you know, single digits at the half. And you're just like, oh, we must be playing poorly. He scored 84 points. Yeah. And you know, Payne scored 63. They shot 35% from the field. Only one team all season has broken the 70-point barrier. Yep. That's pretty uncommon in college basketball. Yeah, I, I put a statistical goal in them. When you have a good team, sometimes you have to change some focuses. I said, anytime anybody shoots over 40%, we're going to run the difference. You know, so if you're 23 for 56 and 22 for 56 is going to cause you to be below 40%, we're going to run a sprint. Anytime we got rebound, we're going to run a sprint. So they thought, oh, he's, you know, he's not going to do So whenever I instituted it, we got rebound by five that game. I go, we're on the line. We're running. Yeah. I go, we're not. We we got to set high standards for us because that's going to help us win these games down the stretch. If you're going to be significant in March, you have to win these games in November, and December. And uh, we've been very fortunate. I, I don't know if top head. I don't think we've ever been undefeated out of league in you know, all my time here because I've always scheduled hard and. Yeah. You know, like Benedict, we beat them. They haven't lost since they played us, you know, and Mount Olive has won four in a row, you know. So teams get better. Fayetteville State won last night. The sign of good teams is you get better during the year. And uh, there was a stretch of games where we were winning that we weren't really getting better because we weren't playing as much. But we made up for it in practice. So um, if you if you run on 40% shooting for the other team and getting out-rebounded, you said you got out-rebounded by 5-1 game. Um, I I bet you haven't run for the 40% thing no, yet. No, uh, yesterday, I think uh, somebody was, they shot 41%, so we ran one sprint. A team and, did. Uh, yeah, and then there was a justification on their part that that basket shouldn't have counted at the end of the game because they care about it. Like, okay, wait a minute now. Yeah, you it know, was by one yeah, shot. Yeah, it was one, yeah, we don't want to run. So, you know, anything to motivate them. But you have to have, have to do those little weird little things sometimes to keep guys focused. But right now, we're good defensively, partly because we have veterans. Um and then Tyshawn's been contesting shots at the rim, you know, like I have never had anybody like he, Garrett couldn't do the things he's doing, contesting shots at the rim. Now we've had different type of shot blockers, but you know, he's gargantuan in there. He and uh, so, but like I said, defensively, we've been good and uh, hopefully we just keep doing it. Yes. Yes. Um, so before we watch the team up close, um, you mentioned longevity as for yourself, for your profession, longevity and consistency being a focus. Um, it's something I've noticed uh, about you that I'll ask you about, but I also want to relate it to the players. Uh, uh, you know, we've talked, we've said their names, kind of their first names a lot. Um, the, before I ask you the question, we'll give a little background. Miguel Arnold is leading the team in scoring with, I think, just under 17 points per game shooting. I I think 55% from three. He's a junior. Um, just uncommon the way he shoots the basketball. Uh, Tyshawn Crawford, the seven foot one junior. Um, he's averaging 15 points, eight rebounds a game. Uh, Troy Cracknell, the, the, the senior, um, one of the seniors on the team is a uh, double digit scorer, as is Darren Lucas White. The, I call him the sixth starter. He's a, a, a fourth year junior. Tyree Myers leading the team in assists, a, a real floor general. Jacquez Kirby averaging uh, 10 points a game. He's a freshman out of Murray State. We're going to see all these guys in a second. John Whitehead and David Vitti, um, you know, producing off the bench as is Dallin, Daniel Allen and uh, Timmy Sellers. But when it comes to some of these guys and their production, like Miguel and Tyshawn, for instance, um, you know, I, I want to hear about you and them and then how maybe you, that gets infectious and you and you, uh, you know, lead your team on a similar path. Consistency with you, like I, I admire it. It, it, it. If it's a weekday um, and it's 
basically 8 a.m. or probably a lot yeah. earlier. Yep. You know, I know where to find you. And, um, and, and you know, there's no days off. There's I'm pretty sure you you have a regimented um, process that you go through every day. And whether it's June or November or May or whatever it is, um, the, those actions that you take on a daily basis contribute to that long-term success as a coach, right? Yeah, I mean, in college coaching, you got to recruit. I don't want to say every day. You don't have to go out, but you have to do something recruiting-wise, a phone call, email, or watching video. Certain times of year, it's more strenuous. Uh, so there's a recruiting aspect, and then there's the, the basketball part. You always have to kind of look at and say, can this help us win? You know, we're we're running offensively more poor out than we've ran in the last couple of years. Some of our little quick hitters we've run for years. You know, we ran something for seven or eight years we haven't ran because we don't have the personnel to meet it. We don't say this is what we're going to run. We adapt to our personnel. Obviously, Tyshawn's a big player and he's left-handed. He wants to go over his right shoulder. So we have to put him in that situation to get shots. Uh, you know, and we got players that come to the gym. So before I came down here, I'm, I'm leaving and Tyree's pulling up and Miguel's pulling up and we're practicing this afternoon because they're regimented to get their shots up. The most difficult thing to do is to get the new players to realize, hey, like these guys are already in the gym this morning shooting and, and, and then they're going to come back to practice. Now we have some guys come in late at night. I don't see them at 10 o'clock at night, but I know some guys come in late at night. You have to have some type of routine to be successful. And uh, the basketball part will take care of yourself if you just kind of every day do it. And, uh, you're right. I'm fairly routine in that sense. I, when I get in, I'm going to focus on the things I need to do for the first 45 minutes and then meet with Zach and meet with Lenny and, and go over, okay, here's what we're doing. You have a pretty good idea on this date when you're going to be practicing. Okay, I'm going to go recruiting on this date. Sometimes you got to go recruiting. you got to find – you got to put the date down before you find the player you're going to go recruiting. So, you know, we went out whatever night it was, Tuesday night, and then last yesterday I got in and I said, hey, we got to make this trip today. So we made it last night. And it's usually more organized that, but sometimes you just got to drop what you're doing and, and go recruiting. You're saying you, you got in about 10.30 last night, or 12.30. 12.30 right, last, last night. Yeah, yeah. before 8, 8 a.m. interview. Yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah. Um, one story I tell people is, um, you know, go back to that 2018-19 Peach Belt Championship squad. One, I think it was 15 straight after a loss at home to our rival USC Aiken. Yep. And um, I remember that night walking out the back door and you happen to be walking out too, and you said, "Did Dean was that a goaltend on Dean?" Right. And I showed you the tape, and you looked at it real quick, and you're like, "Ah, yeah, it was a goaltend, or you know, something right. like that." And then, and then, um, and you said, "I got to go." You know, I'm going to the D basically Washington D.C. Yep. Yep. It was about ten fifteen at night, and you were getting in your car to go to Washington D.C. after that loss. What followed was fifteen straight wins. Um, you know, so whether it's a loss, good day, bad day, you got to do the work. Yeah, you just got to go. I mean, and, and recruiting is the hardest thing. You you. Absolutely, as a head coach, I've determined I've got to be a presence with it. And, uh, you know, and it's good to have good assistance in doing that. And then you have to analyze. Sometimes when you go recruiting, you can really analyze your program because you're in a car for six hours by yourself and you write little notes and what you want to work on in practice and some things you want to change. And, you know, defensively, we've changed from last year, from the beginning. We call it shrink. We're more in the gaps. We weren't that way the first three years. And I just finally said, you know what, we're going to have to do this this year. And, We've been very fortunate. I think that's helped us defensively, and our guys take a little more pride in being in the gaps. And, you know, some guys want to you – know, guys don't want to get scored on, but there's there's more to individual defense. There's team rotations. And, and you, know, you know, Tyree texted me last night when I'm coming home. He's like, you need to teach defense rotations to this team because some teams don't believe in it. I kind of believe in it. We're, we, we're going to get exposed some nights how we play defensively, but this is the commitment we're making. And if you're good defensively, you don't have to – 
you don't have to play so much in the half court. You can get out in the open court. That's why we're scoring so many points because we're stopping people. Interesting, interesting. So, um, you know, the, in the gaps, uh, you know, so you say we'll get exposed. You basically catch and shoot threes. Is that what you mean yeah, by Yeah, we try not to. And one of the toughest things for new players to learn is we're doing things in practice. Okay, yes, you're in the gap, and yes, that's Miguel. You still got to go out there and contest a shot. You yeah. know, we don't, we don't let him just say, well, you're supposed to stop. No, you got to do both. And, and, you know, we got two or three guys that can do it without me teaching them anything. Curb and, and Darren, Tyree, those guys are phenomenal. Troy. Other guys have got to learn, like, well, I stopped the ball. Well, you know, you're just supposed to poke at it and get back here. And and there's a rhyme and reason to it, but, we, we you know, it's hard. It's not easy. It's not easy. Our younger guys don't realize what they have to do defensively. You know, offensively, we're scoring a lot of points that we're really not executing, but it's because we're playing in transition. Just like if if you're not shooting the ball well, you're playing transition defense the whole night. And I've always kind of, my goal is always to shoot 50% from the floor. You're not going to do that. You know, 48 for the year is good. That's why our numbers are really high right now. Our three-point percentage is off the charts. Uh, it's not going to, that's not going to stay consistent. I know that, but please take good shots so we give ourselves a chance to, to, to shoot good shots. So I think that's a good way to segue into our final part of the interview. What we're going to do is um, play 10 minutes worth of uh, footage from the Coastal Georgia game. That was our uh, two games ago, um, playing some incredible-looking uniforms. We'll talk about that a little bit. But we beat Coastal Georgia 83-56. to Coach talks about the fact that um, – the fact that uh, we're not going to shoot that way all the time. Well, in the first half of this game, Coach, uh, Miguel Arnold made six out of seven threes, and Troy Cracknell made three out of four threes. Um, you know, nine out of 11 from deep. Yeah. Pretty uncommon. It's a good night. Yeah, it's a good night. You know, right there, Kirby makes an unselfish pass to him. You know, that, like that's a great effort play by Kerb. Tyshawn jumping up and getting it. The ball is moving. Okay, Tyree's eyes are always up looking to get somebody a shot. He realizes the guy's playing off him. Um, he's looked for a shot a little, yeah. just a tiny bit. Yeah. He's not shooting a lot, but he's, yeah. he's taking it when he has yep. it. I, you know, that's a great skip pass. Um, you know, you, you, unselfish is, is something that starts with your point guard spot. And, and, and I always say, let him shoot. You know, Miguel's a great shooter. Troy, if they're open, let it fly, and especially in transition. This is a great possession of being in the gap by Tyree. You know, Darren's probably going to do something crazy. Yeah, he made, made it this time. I'm surprised he didn't do something crazy with it. Uh you know, we just move the ball. He's going to be option one. That's very patient right there. You know, he's, he's got great hands, Ty, uh, Tyson does. Sets a simple pin-down screen for Miguel to, to make a shot. Great screen by Curb. You know, Timmy, not a great offensive player in there, but a willing passer. You know, Daniel's got the ball. He's a freshman. We want to move that ball a little bit more, but he knows, let me get in there and look for a shooter. That's on a short shot clock. That's an yep. incredible yep. Uh, catch and shoot under pressure. Yes, you know, I don't know what clips right. Yeah, now Miguel's calling for a ball screen. This is pickup over here when Miguel does this. But when he's feeling it, I kind of give him some freedom, and I'm just like, "All right, you're feeling it, Miguel." But you got to give him some freedom. Unreal. Daniel made a great plus one pass there because I remember we've been telling Daniel he's got to really look for that pass to to, to uh, join Miguel defensively. A great close of hand by Daniel up. Even the guy makes a shot. That's okay. His hand is up. You know, some people are starting to play a little, you know, they play a little zone against us. We weren't really prepared for what they were doing. Great. The same thing. Miguel's hot. Get him the ball. I think Daniel had three assists in the first half that game and no turnovers. 
Oh, coming to transition. Oh, this is the play. I this is the one you yeah, like. This is bad. That's bad. That one I got yelled at. You, you don't shoot a ball that's bounced twice, okay? Never. I tell Troy and Miguel don't do that pickup on Friday. But Vitis, you know, I've always told him to shoot the ball, but that was a little uh, uncalled for. I got to apologize to David for leaving that one in there. Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. <laughs> he, he heard that one. You know, great unselfish play. That's just two guys playing basketball. You know, they're, they're, they're best friends and they great communication. You know, I think I might have left uh, one more in yep. there for David that I, that I should have took, taken out. Miguel playing a little one-on-one -on -one defense. Great help by Tyshawn. That contest, and Tyrese helped down, able to get that rebound. Tyrese always got his eyes up. Like, that's a great pass. You know, Troy was wide open. He also, Tyree also knows Tyshawn hadn't touched the ball. Like, he's got to touch the ball in that possession, you know. Sure, we're doing okay, so... They were, you know, they were very patient. You know, some coaches really want to pressure on, hey, if we're up, if they want to just take their time, well, I'm okay with that because there's a shot clock in college basketball. And they tried to post Miguel here. I remember that. And Troy's getting ready to be in help. Right, good blockout by Troy. Shot goes in. You know, not, we're not going to stop all of them. The reason I left that one in there, it, it, that shot came at the buzzer yes. of the shot clock. So Absolutely. many shots are coming yes. at the buzzer of the shot clock from right. our opponents. Right. Well, I just say play solid. In other words, don't gamble. Now, I got two. Curb and, and Darren are gamblers to the utmost degree. You know, they got, you know they're going to gamble. That's Troy. It was his own offense. We're running. He has the freedom to go out. I think we actually hop into a zone here for a couple possessions. Uh, You've played quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, our zone's this year. been good. Our zone's been good. I really got to credit, partly because it keeps Tyshawn around the basket, you know, which is important, especially the way the games play with three pointers. Another great pass, you know, by Tyree. I think he misses that one. Yeah. Oh, I Troy was feeling that outside. Troy was feeling it. I mean, I don't mind him. You know, you're a good player. Like that's a great help by Troy. Great help to help by Darren. And who knows what's getting ready to happen here? All right, so he's going to bring it up. Got fouled. He was going to. Yeah, I think he's telling him I was going to throw that to Tyshawn. That I just Great think that, that that reminds me of uh, Warriors. Yes. Two shooters yep. screening for each other. You yep. know, what do you do defensively? Everybody yep. has to play over the top of it. Just be unselfish, you know. Ironically, the other day when we didn't shoot it well, Troy took 19 shots. Well, I don't think we had anybody take that many shots, but he was wide open, you know. So, you know, Miguel's being a little lazy here with his hand not being up. Uh, but, they're, you know, if teams are going to be this patient, I'm okay with that. You know, and then you got Tyshawn down there. He's going to bother things. That's great hands. That's twice that Darren yeah. basically got down to the line of the ball. And okay, so Miguel stuff. wouldn't have made that move last year. Like, he wouldn't mm -hmm. have been aggressive. I've been on about getting free throw line. He needs to complete that, but same thing. He was able to get that pass to Troy. You know, that's a good play for Miguel because he's a shooter. Good bump back. There goes Tyshawn. Going to contest it. He made it hard. Probably should have blocked out, but John's a pretty good athlete. You know, we... You know, what's ironic is, is I don't really don't... We don't really pride ourselves on being a fast-paced team. We just say, on a missed shot, let's push and play. And uh, I give our guys a lot of freedom in transition, no question So about John it. makes a three there to make it 46-25 at halftime. That was a big bucket, just, too. Just a flawless first yeah, half, yeah, really that was. game. Yeah, yeah, we shot it really well. Very uh, If I remember correctly, we had a high number of assists. You know, they're going, we're running something called stay, which means put it down to him, let him go to work down there. Uh, you know, if they're going to play behind him, we have to throw him the ball, you know. Great hands by Curb right there. That's a good play by them. That's we can get exposed on that. Curb is a little bit lazy on that one, but he gets the next time. 
He knew he knew he he went to the right spot. He just didn't go fast enough. I I do remember that. Well, this is something we run against his own, and we didn't really execute it real well because it's a play for Miguel to get a shot. And we screened the elbow of the zone, but he, that's a great play because the guy was playing the play. Same thing. Miguel wouldn't have done that last year. He spends a lot of time in the gym, a lot of time. I told him, I joked with him after the game, we'll play the interview later. I tell him, this is about the time when he really starts playing, yeah. you know, like Steph Curry. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he made the six out of seven threes yeah. in the first half. Now he starts doing some stuff off the bounce. That teardrop or floater yeah. or whatever you call it was just beautiful a second ago. Like We did a really good job, except right at the end of, of closing out, taking away the corner pass. Great play. That's a great wall up by Tyshawn. That, man, this is kind of the play of the year so Yeah, yeah, far. yeah. I mean, two blocks and then... You know, it's good to have a guy who can do that. A great pass. Same thing. Miguel could have shot that. You know, I was at a game last night. I'm like, man, just pass the ball. Mm -hmm. Guys get mad. They'll run again. Like, when Darren's mm -hmm. got the ball, they're going to run. You know, when Tyree's got the ball, they're going to run. Miguel, they think he's going to shoot it, I think. You know? <laughs> yeah, this, whenever Miguel's with the ball up top, we're, we're in something we run just to kind of get him a shot. Yeah. Curve setting a good screen, and Miguel decides not to use it and fires one up. Uh, great good effort by Tyshawn. Tyshawn wouldn't have made that play last year because he's in better shape. He's willing to, to play through possessions and, and assist to Tyree. You know, that's a that's an unselfish play by a guy seven foot. Sure is. You know, you talk about him touching the ball, needing to yeah. touch the ball. So many times he gets it and, and you know, makes the right play yep. for a teammate. Yep. Now they're just changing. Yeah, you know, we, we yeah, can count changing, the change yeah, shots. So I don't like the ball getting the high post against it, but when it's really hard to score over him, we saw some stat that people are like three for 25 in that little area against him. It's, it's hard. Now, as we play higher-level competition, they'll be able to make some of these. We didn't, I remember this. We were kind of trying to run motion against the zone. Tyree just plays right in the middle of it. Keeps Tyshawn around the basket. I left that in there because I remember you talking about getting guys into the middle of the zone. Yep. Seems like Tyree has taken to that a little yes. bit. Yes. The only guy I don't want in the middle of the zone is, is, is Miguel because that's not his game. You know, yeah. But everybody else should get in the middle of the zone. Miguel and Dan. But Tyree, I love him in the middle of the zone. Love Darren in the middle of the zone. Troy obviously is going to give you a shooting threat. Feeney's got to work at that. Curb's pretty good. That's our Z, that's our Z rotation. Uh, that's beautiful. I yeah, mean, I left that in there because yep. Tyshawn's running around, yep. you know, helping the helper like yep. a guard. Yep, and that's something we're working on pretty hard. Just to, not easy to do for him to do. This is just kind of freak athleticism from Jacquez. Yeah, him, and, him and Darren are just, you know, they do things you're like, well, what are they doing out there? Uh, this is the play we're running for Miguel because he's running along the baseline. Oh, this is when he's really feeling it. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, this is the same thing. He would not have made that play a year ago. Him, that's 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 just spending a lot of time in the gym. Like, you know, I told I tell guys that all the time. You got to spend time in the gym. Troy scored like 24 points his freshman year, and now he's you know all league level player. But he spends time in the gym. It's, Before him, Tamrick Fields. Yep, yep, yep. Even Tyshawn, you know, you get him in the gym more. Great block by John. Yep. Great, great screen by Tyree. You know, Tyree takes pride. He always say that he's got a screen and assist. But that's part of being a good player. People don't realize, and like we're trying to get Vidi in the middle of the zone right there. Not really comfortable with it, but he didn't panic with it. That's a great shot for him because he's he's going forward. Same thing. Great pass by. Tyree. Yeah, you know, Tyree, you know, the simple passes uh, to good shooters yeah. on time, on target. Yeah. It can go unnoticed and a great rebound by your point guard. Rebound. Yeah, I mean, yeah, banged up a little bit. We're actually playing Tyree and Dan together a little bit just because yeah. of uh, 
situation. Good simple play. You know, done over dribble and just throw the ball. John's made a couple shots, you know. Yeah, he made I think five threes that game. He's he's shot the ball ball well. Really well. Really well. Great play. Darren, you know, throwing something. Who knows what he's gonna do when he gets it often. Uh that was good to get VD a dunk, you know. My son said he broke the rim on yeah, that yeah, play. Yeah, I didn't yeah, notice yeah, until yeah. they had to fix it. Well, and I think the paint game ran a lab for him. He caught a dunk. Yeah. He said it's the first time he's ever run a lab for him, you know. So he, he's a very good athlete and uh, a great teammate, man. Like, unbelievable personality, BDS. Transfer from Georgia Southern. Yeah. So, Coach, we've got um, Columbus Monday on the road. You can go to AugustaJags.com, go to the schedule, find where to click on the video. If you don't want to make the trip to Columbus, I'll be making that trip. Um, and then we've got Emmanuel at 2 p.m. on New Year's Eve. And then, if I'm not mistaken, it's January 5th opening against uh, opening conference at home against Georgia College. Yeah, Georgia College and Young Harris that week. I don't usually look too far past, yeah. but I did know we had two road games closing out 2021. And I uh, flipped my calendar and I, I didn't have a calendar, you know, and I saw Georgia College and Young Harris are the first two home games. After that, I really don't pay attention. Sure. Uh, I was just wanting people to know yeah. when they can see you in person yeah. here in town. Yeah, I mean, I would argue I don't know the exact records, but Georgia College won last night. So Georgia College, Columbus, and Emmanuel together are like 28 and 26 and 4. So three really good teams and uh, two of them on the road. And uh, we'll see if we can keep our defensive intensity on the road. It's always a little difficult. You know, I knew when we had this cushion of games at home, I go, hey, we could we could have a little stretch here. We play well. And now we get get back on the road and, and uh, play a very, very good Columbus team. Yeah, those three teams, uh, the next three opponents, uh, all, like I said earlier, getting votes in the national rankings. We are ranked number eight. Um, season's really about to heat up. We can't wait to follow you along yeah. the journey. I appreciate it. Go Jags, man. Okay, so it was a big treat to have Dip Mitris on the show with us here today. We're going to end the show by – talking about um, you know some things coming up with high school basketball and highlighting some performances of some individual players in the last week or so that we definitely took note of. So you know in high school basketball since we last saw you, um, some notable results have been uh, Grovetown last Saturday last Saturday night beat Thompson then ranked uh, Thompson was ranked number five in class 3A at the time uh, beat him 78-68 at home Darion Reed the fabulous fre- uh, sophomore uh, sensational sophomore scored 20 points in that game he's a six foot six wing player made four threes excellent player um, you know since then uh North Augusta beat Cross Creek. North Augusta was playing at home. That was Tuesday night. That's a, um, a real primetime matchup between two ranked teams, from one from South Carolina, one from Georgia. Friday night, um, you know, the big showdown, Westside will host Butler. Westside's the number three team in Class 2A. Butler's the number four team in Class 2A. Westside's undefeated. We featured them in last week's show. We went through their starting five in detail. That'll be just a great game. If you're if you're looking for a great game Friday night, that's the one. Saturday we'll have Augusta Christian hosting Trinity. Trinity's the defending state champion in Augusta Christian's uh, South Carolina Independent School Independent School Association League. Um, they beat Augusta Christian in the semifinals last year. Um, Augusta Christian since then has added a lot of talent. It's a really really good team. Um, so that's kind of a state championship preview possibly between Augusta Christian and Trinity on Saturday night. And um, and then another one Saturday night is Thompson going 
going to Warren County in a bloodthirsty rivalry. Um, Thompson, a top 10 3A team. Warren County, a top 10 1A team. But, you know, rankings, records, all that stuff can be thrown out the window when Thompson and Warren County go at it. So those, those are some fun games. And then over the uh, – Holidays, uh, Grovetown and Evans will play in the Lemon Street Classic. Um, uh, Cross Creek and Augusta Christian will play in the Casey Roundball Classic. All those are the week before Christmas. Then there'll be more tournaments between Christmas and New Year. There's all kinds of stuff to uh, keep track of. I'll do my best to inform you of what's going on and cover as much of the action as possible. And you can find that coverage at AUGB Ball on social media. So at a-U-G-B-B-A-L-L on social media. Um, and, uh, you, you know, so, so keep up with that. Now, on the way out, we're going to give you some individual performances that you can look at. So, um, you know, here's a, here's a segment where we feature Miguel Arnold, the junior leading scorer for Augusta University. We showed it earlier, his shooting and scoring display against Coastal Georgia. It was uh, something to behold. Scored 25 points in that game, was 6-for-7 from 3 in the first half. Made some incredible shots in the second half. Uh, Miguel shooting 55% from the three-point line. So when I interviewed him after the game, I asked him about – he had told me earlier – earlier in the season that uh, when he misses a few shots, he just keeps shooting because he listens to guys like Stephen Curry and uh, Clay Thompson saying, you know, you got to keep shooting. He told me that. So I asked him after this game, um, you know, forget the, the, the advice from Steph Curry. You're starting to play like Steph Curry, you know, when it comes to shooting from deep and the, the, the various shot-making plays that he made against Coastal Georgia and that he's been making this season. So let's cut to that segment where we focus on Miguel, and then we'll come back with a couple high school players on the other side. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, Miguel, they say to keep shooting the ball. And that's what my teammates keep telling me as well. So that's what I do all the time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't go in. I know I work hard enough. I get in the gym every day. So I believe my shots going in. I just keep shooting the ball. You know, it works for your your opponent. And... Oh. Unreal is the answer. You might follow Steph Curry's advice, but you're also starting to look like him out there. Um, talk about, you know, the overall scoring game. I mean, you know, I'm trying. I work on my game. You know, I, I, I don't want to only shoot threes. I work on my game all around. I'm trying to get better. That's what I do every day. And he's playing up, so I'm going to keep working hard and keep getting it done. So when I work out, uh, sometimes I don't even shoot threes at all. I just focus on finishing, uh, driving the ball so I can get that in the game. And in practice, sometimes I don't even shoot threes. I just go to the basket and try to get better at that because we can get whatever we want out here and that's what I'm doing. Okay, so 
now um, we're going to do a couple high school players. We're going to start with Rico um, Gonzalez. Rico's a star senior at Lakeside. You know, we tend to talk about the Westsides, the Butlers, the Grove Towns, the Augusta Christians, the Thompsons, the Cross Creeks, the North Augustas, the teams that are ranked in the state. You know, they're, they're kind of, you know, winning brings attention. But there are teams also that aren't, um, you know, that, that, that are trying to find their way that have – players who are playing winning basketball and leading and Rico Gonzalez is one of those guys. So, uh, Lakeside was trailing Aquinas last Thursday by 13 points in the second half. The Panthers came all the way back for a victory, and Gonzalez was a huge part of it. He scored 29 points that game. We also featured him at Augusta University against Greenbrier when he led the Panthers to a 50-48 to win over Greenbrier. He scored 31 that game. And then at a game that we didn't feature, but we've talked about here on the show, um, he scored uh, over 30, I think it was 34, against Harlem and made the game-winning shot in that game. So here's our interview with Rico after the Aquinas game when he talks about um, you know, being a senior leader and doing what it takes to help his team get wins. Okay, Rico, big-time comeback tonight, and you led the way with 29 points. You're a senior. Um, what was going through your mind as you got down big and as you made that huge comeback? We were down. Our coach, he told us at halftime if we really wanted this. He said if we really want it, we'll come out there with energy and get the win. So that's what we did. We came out with energy, played hard, and we came back. Yeah, now I've seen you now twice. A huge game and a win at Augusta University over Greenbrier. I know you had a big game and a big uh, finish against Harlem. Um, are you, you're making the most out of your senior year. Yeah, I'm working hard every day. Like, that's the refs, drill work before the game. It's hard work and it's paying off. Your senior guard, Rico Gonzalez, he's been a producer for years now. Um, he's really turned up, um, you know, his, his production here this season as a senior. Talk about his leadership and his play so far this season. Uh, players make plays. That's what we tell him. We tell him players make plays and every game this year it's what he's done. He's, he's stepped up. He's a senior leader. He knows when he's needed and he makes plays happen and that's what players do. He's just a player and a great leader. Finally, let's take a look at Darion Reed. I talked about him earlier, the six foot six sophomore. He's got scholarship offers from several high major schools already. He's, you know, just loaded with potential. He, as you'll see in these clips, he can shoot from three as well as score at the rim. He makes an impressive play where he catches the ball in transition, doesn't dribble, it goes right up for the dunk. Um, you'll see him making three-pointers. This, uh, this team, Grovetown, is now ranked in the state. Um, should have been long ago, but now they are. And this team is excellent. They've only lost one this season against a high-powered private school. They've beaten all their uh, opponents here, and, and Thompson was the latest victim. Here's Darion Reed in action.
Another player who has really lit the scoreboard up this season is Cam Parada, a sophomore out of Aquinas. Um, Aquinas has struggled somewhat. They're going to get some players back um, who have been out for some time. They're going to get some players back re- real soon, and that team will um, you know, probably take a step forward. But Cam Parada has been amazing. He made uh, four out of five threes against Lakeside and then six out of seven in a win over Lincoln County, um, you know, scored 37 points against Lincoln County. Here's Cam Parada in action against Lakeside. Watch the, the incredible shooting touch and the lightning quick release. Okay, so that was a sample of some of the individual um, performances from around town from uh, our high school players. You saw Miguel Arnold as well, the 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 most impressive scorer around because he plays for you know where they play the best basketball in town, Augusta University. And I hope you enjoyed the the in depth discussion with Dip Mitris. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, you know, share it, tell people about it, and come back for episode seven. Next week, Episode 7 of the Augusta Sports Report.